With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. And we've had some really impressive guests on recently, if I don't say so myself. Uh, and I think we've gone on top of the lot now. We've got the good doctor himself, Dr. David France, who's um, enjoying his sojourn back in Blighty from... Uh, staging one of his very wonderful events at the Anglican Cathedral uh, earlier this month. and He's obviously here to promote his new book, Everton Crazy, which we have in front of us, um, which we're lucky because you have to go a long way to find it, having sold out already. Uh, and he assures me that there are some more on the way if you're uh, one the the uh, misfortunate lot who missed out when they tried to get your orders in on Amazon or the Kubatans. Anyway, it's me, Greg O'Keefe, the Everton editor. I'm joined by one of our... Everton, well, football writers and Everton fan Chris Beasley, and of course, like I said, Dr. David France. Welcome. It's great to be here, and I'm glad I brought some of the Arizona sunshine. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Now, David, before we get into uh, the, let, let's let's talk more about the book, please, because we were just saying before we started to record, it's uh, it ain't on sale at the moment because that you've sold out. Your first print run was gone. Yeah, the limited edition is, is sold yeah. out. We had hoped that it would. It's been really well received. Um, it's not available on the internet at Amazon or by the publisher. There are still remaining copies at Waterstones and at Everton too. And apart from that, that's it. Uh, we're, we're considering bringing out another edition with uh, a revised edition um, for late November. Okay. Um, but that's still uh, under consideration. But so I encourage people if they want a copy to get out there straight away yeah, and get, get it. Get to Waterstones. It is yeah. a sellout and it's priced eighteen seventy eight. Everybody <laughs> likes that price, so uh, get out there and get a copy. How did you manage to persuade them to put it up for that price? Well, I wanted it to be um, less than that, to be quite honest. Yeah, uh, I've always thought that it. Uh, uh, you know, you, you shouldn't reach as many people as you can, yeah. and price sh- shouldn't be uh, a hindrance, an yes. obstacle to anything. But um, I don't know, my wife, I think it was, who said that sounds like a, as you well know, that's a part of my car registration number. Indeed. So um, that uh, that would be a, uh, people will remember what, what it is, because it's a, it's a bit of a devil when you have to find a change from <laughs> pound, £1.22, pound but it's, uh, it's worked out very well. And I think the fans appreciate that type of thing. I think they do, and you get a nice big glossy hardback for your uh, for your for your, your, oh, your it, weighs, it weighs three pounds. Yeah. I'm told it's a, it's, it's a it does it's a heavy book with with big words in it. <laughs> a lot of big words, yeah. We're not used to having the echo, are we, Chris? Uh, David Franz very um, kindly gave me a copy last week, and I've got ten chapters in so far. And one of the great things about it, although there's a lot of it, there's a great story to tell. It's a big story. The, the chapters are, are very short, so you can get your teeth sunk into it and you move on from one topic to the next. And the great heartfelt stories about those, those early years and witness as a, a young Evertonian. Yes, uh, well, I did do, to, to write the book, I mean, it's my 16th or 17th book, is I, I made a list of 100 topics I wanted to talk about. So yeah. it would be short chapters that you can... Uh, it, it's the story of my life following Everton. 100 topics... 
and uh, I just dictated it into my computer using uh, voice recognition software. Now, with my accent, that's a challenge for any software. Especially American calibrated software. It, it is indeed, <laughs> yeah. and, and I have to say, now and then, it did, it did turn to hibernation. It never switched itself off, but it did go into hibernation mode. But it was, uh, it was a very enjoyable thing to do. Yeah. Um, and it made me think about my childhood. It made me think about the impact that the club and the club's fans have had on me. Yeah. And um, and I'm I'm pleased with the result. I, I think we're a very special group yeah. of people. Yeah. I really, really do. That's that's what I came out of it. That I feel very fortunate to be a part of this extended family. I think it's a family that puts more conventional families to shame. We have a kindness and a generosity of spirit that you don't find in yeah. many families. There's certainly there's there's all that and more. There's a. a you know, a forgiveness, isn't that? We're willing to put things behind us in terms of the greater good of Everton. There's a, a spirit of optimism, despite the many knockbacks that we get as a family, you know, along the road and uh, getting frustrated in trying to move forward. And we're all ambitious for Everton to, to get back at, towards the top where we, at various stages of our lives, where we've hoped that they would be and maybe fleetingly seen them. But um, there is that. And I, I have to say, it, was, it did feel like a family event at, at the cathedral a couple of weeks back. It was a wonderful evening. And what was your feeling afterwards? Did it tickle the boxes that you wanted it to? Oh, it did. I think one of the things that my wife and I like to do is to bring people together. I mean, half the people at Cathedral we didn't know. Yeah. And we knew by name. Yeah. But we'd never met before. It's about the sixty. It's my farewell tour. It's been going on now for years. Sinatra comes I've, to mind. Here. I've, I've not been well, but we go from one place to another. The last time we did it was in San Francisco. Uh, we did the Cathedral this time. And then the next time we're going to Las Vegas. I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. We're going to Las Vegas. And I know that because my wife's bought tickets for Celine Dion the next day <laughs> uh, in January. Right. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about that after. But oh, it was brilliant, you know, having 15 Evertonians talking about what Everton means to them is a very um, uh, special special occasion you saw tears in some of their eyes you felt them uh, not being able to get all the words out not necessarily in the order that they wanted to get them out and I think it was a very emotional very stirring event it it indicates the character that we have we have a special character Uh Um, you know I'm not I'm not at this point going to mention our neighbours, but we do have something that's different than uh, than other football clubs. I think there's something quite unique there in that it can get quite blasé about Everton these days, but just being one of the other teams. But they've been there since the very start when professional football started. They had the biggest support base there. They've always been there as the most seasons in in, in the top flight. Um, they Consecutive seasons. In the last generation, obviously Liverpool have, have moved ahead. So for um, younger Evertonians, and I still include um, the likes of Greg and that, and people of my generation, that there, there has been that shift, and we've had a whole group of young fans have grown up now who haven't seen Everton win anything at all. Um, the, the young That's what saddens yeah. me. It's it's as you say, it's those young supporters. Obviously, I can can't really remember the 84-85 the season but I'm aware I was around albeit a, a toddler when it was happening and I kind of vaguely remember 89, my dad took me to Wembley and then after that my real tangible feeling was 95 and I suspect that was similar for you really, yeah. maybe 87 
Yeah, but, uh, even 87 is, is, is too early yeah. for me. It's just got that... I'm grateful to just have those memories from 1995, like yourself. Yeah. But you cling on anyone, to them, don't you? Yeah, anyone younger than me hasn't got that at all. And this is the, this is the longest period ever have gone in the history about um, winning the league. And they were fastly approaching the longest period they've gone without winning a trophy. So you've got those whole group generation of Evertonians. And I think that impacts in the ground as well. You've almost got three generations. You've got the old boys who've seen them win everything. And then that um, group there in between who've perhaps seen um, just a bit of success. And then those youngsters who haven't seen anything at all. You, you're making me feel extremely lucky. And, and I, I do realise I'm lucky in that not only did I see us win things, but I saw us entertain and win things. We won things with class mm-hmm. um, from, you know, from my early days. I have to say, I wasn't a glory hunter. I went before, way before John Moore's, John Moore's showed up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I, but good times will come. Yeah. No, and when they come, they will taste sweet and superb. And uh, they may be fleeting. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a lot of competition, but success yeah. will come. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always optimistic, but I do get this sense now that we're getting our act together. Yeah. We're putting in the framework and, and the systems to, to win yeah. things and to be successful and to be, to be seen to be what we should be in the eyes of other people. There's no doubt that the London media doesn't treat us with the respect that we deserve as yeah. having 114 seasons in the top flight, being the most, yeah. the fourth successful team, being pioneers and everything. Yeah. They don't see us that way. But I think in a couple of years' time, they will start to open their eyes again. And you've managed to glean a sense while you, you've been here. Obviously, you're always in, in talks with the club. We'll speak about the uh, your wonderful uh, and just mind-blowing, really, in terms of the Everton collection, which which is thanks to you. But we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. But you speak to people at all echelons of the club. Um, I'm sure it, you know, you, you'll, in, before long, be speaking to people like Sasha Reisanstev, Farhad Mashiri. You get a sense that this club is changing for the better as well, don't you? Oh, uh, I had um, <coughs> the the good fortune to meet with Sasha uh, before the Crystal Palace game. Very impressive. Not just in his delivery, uh, but also in the fact that there's a plan. Um, maybe it's a little bit overdue, yeah, but there's no. a plan yeah. and there's an ambition. And I think that's what, what we now have. Yeah. Uh, we no longer operate on a shoestring. Yeah. I thanked him for paying the £10 million to get rid of the manager. Yeah. If uh, Mr Mashiri hadn't have been around, we wouldn't have been able to do that. No. Um, we, would, we would have wanted to do it, but we just couldn't afford to yeah, do it. Precisely. So I think for £10 million, it's allowed us to move on. And that's no disrespect to Roberto Martinez. Yeah. It was a lovely guy. He yeah. was just in the wrong job at the wrong time. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. And it was little things like that that when people look back at the summer and, and there is frustration, and I've written about it on the website, that our transfer dealings weren't quite complete. But we did cover, we, we achieved, or not achieved, but we did an awful lot in a short period of time. We paid a lot of money to get to, to get rid of um, with that game without any disrespect to Roberto, bringing Koeman, you know, all of a sudden we had to go and find the money to find, get Steve Walsh away from Leicester to Lyrian to Goodison Park. And you can see the plan that had to get, had to be done. 
uh, enacted certainly the first part in a very short period of time and you can see the cladding which is slowly agonisingly a bit but slowly going up on Goodison and while we remain at Goodison they're trying to make the best of that and give the old lady a lovely face oh, is, isn't it it's, it's impressive what what they're doing um, I, I think we'll, we six months from now we're going to be very proud of what yeah. the old lady a bit of lipstick on the old lady <laughs> and she's going to sparkle seriously she's going, yeah. she's going to sparkle so much that we may start thinking about whether we're actually going to move again I think it, a lot of fans will be thinking be, like that because for me going back to Goodison is just it's like going to a your grandparents' home. Yeah. It's comfortable. It's what you expect yeah. it to be. Yeah. You, there, there's, there is no nobody judges you. You're just a part yeah. of a group of people yeah. that welcome you. It's inclusive. Absolutely. It's very very special. Now I'm saying that from you know six thousand miles away, so, but uh, it's the same whether you live in uh, in Arizona or you live in Witness. It yeah. really doesn't. It really doesn't matter. Uh, no, I think it's a, a very special place. I, I think it, I think what the club has done in a very short period of time is establish a framework for the, the, the on-the-field uh, resources. Yeah. Uh, and I think there will be money spent in yeah. the not-too-different future. At least we didn't waste money. Correct, I mean, yeah. At least we didn't. Yeah. I mean, we looked like we were going to make some impulsive buys, mm-hmm. but we didn't. No. So the money is still there. And, yes. And I, I, I'm... Of great belief that the money is there, and we're going to invest it wisely. And and can be sure of that. Having spoken to the people I've spoken to, they they it was hard earned money, and they're going to they're going to spend it wisely. I think they've done they spent it wisely so far. Yeah. When off the pitch, I think that's where the real ambition will be. Yeah. We're going to change. We've got some great people at the club. I don't think because of some of the projects they've been involved in in the past. I don't think they've been appreciated fully for the for their efforts. Uh, but you know, when you respect someone who's in opposition to you, when they're on your side, you have even more respect for them. Yeah. And I think we've got some great people, and I think we're going to bring in, inject similarly talented people. And I think the club in a year's time um, is going to be totally different in the way in which it's run. Yeah, I think it's very interesting what Dr. Franz says about um, spending the money because ultimately, no matter how much cash you've got, if you just finish 11th for the last two seasons, the very best players aren't going to go to you. You're going to be dealing with the mercenary end of the market. So, it, interesting to have that steady progress, hopefully show the results yeah. on the pitch under Ronald Koeman and then go spend the money because you will get the, the better players. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it, but I think we've got to be realistic about there's a window here, Chris. Mm-hmm. We've got maybe a four-year, five-year window. We've got to get back to where we should be in that period of time because football is going to change and we've got to be a part to embrace that change. It's going to move on and we can't get left behind. We've, we've stagnated for 20 years for one reason or another uh, maybe for longer. Actually, maybe since the days of John Moores, since Dom, John Moores was no longer participating yeah. in decisions, yeah. we've actually <coughs> not had his clout, his ambition, yeah. uh, his resources available. But we need to move on, and we need to move on very quickly. So uh, my thoughts on for Ronald Koeman is you've got to hit the, the, the ground running. Yeah, you're not going to get a decade like Moyes had. Not at all. Not at all. I don't know how long. My perfect situation is that he gets the Barcelona job in three years' time, but he gets the Barcelona job on merit yeah. that he's got us into the top four yeah. and Absolutely. respected yeah. by everyone, yeah. and we have no difficulty attracting the best uh-huh. players. It, it brings me to when you, when you talk about, and you're absolutely right, football 
is only going in one direction and it's you know whether it'll come to pass or not but they'll talk to the European Super League and you know the way the broadcast revenue is altering the Premier League beyond all recognition from what the old English first division used to be change is just a constant for football um, and we need to be in that top echelon of clubs we can't get left behind I think you're we? talking about a global Super League I think at some point you're talking about that. They're not developing the game in China to play amongst themselves or to play Australia. You know, the game's gonna it's gonna it's gonna develop incredibly in the United States. Yeah. yeah. Um, or North America, let's yeah. say. Well the internet has in many ways has shrunk that well, doesn't it? In the sense that you can almost imagine how that would work. That it might be the logistical differences getting to yeah. games or, or what have you, but yeah. Should be a bigger version of the NFL, maybe different conferences. Well, I think it is. Well, the NFL, of course, is has now played uh, regular league games, uh, regular season games in London. Yeah. So that's an indication of how how it's going to be going. And uh, we learn a lot from the American approach to sports. You know, the way in which television has always dominated yeah. American sports, yeah. in which the way in which player power has always dominated yeah. American sports. So we learn an awful lot from that. Um, Sorry, we mentioned America as well, and, and clearly, um, as you say, you're based in Arizona now after um, a long and successful career uh, over in the States. And we spoke to two gentlemen, courtesy of you, actually introducing us to the Marshall Lamb and David Kurtz, two uh, wonderful Evertonians and uh, movers and shakers, I would say, in various parts of their career, but fully committed blues, uh, and they're trying to spread the gospel over in, well, on the West Coast, but really via Everton USA. Uh, across the, the whole of the United States. It's clearly one of the biggest growth markets in world football. Uh, you, I remember you know, a commercial over there recently saying Heineken, it's kind of banging the drum for um, America's woken up. We're here now. Uh, ESPN talk about how, you know, they said to me, Everton is the US people's club. But I think the men's team is probably only going to go in one direction. But what have you sensed is Everton's scope for growth in, in the United States? Where are we now? And where can we go? In truth, I think we um, we missed the boat that we helped launch. Um, in if you look back, I've been in America for forty years, and four zero, four zero. Oh, I do, yeah. okay. So I've yeah. been there from you know seventy six. Right. And uh, in that era, my, I would you know I would drag my poor lady wife to watch Everton you know. Uh, when we were over here, yeah. and therefore when we moved to the United States, when it was the NASL yeah. uh, competition, yeah. I would drag it to watch any team that had an Everton player in it. So we've seen enough of, t- of Jimmy Husband, Steve Sargent, Terry Darricott, and the likes, of course, Alan Ball, yeah. um, and, and the likes. So we, um, you know, and Roger Kenny, and, uh, um, and our favourite team, I think, at that point was the Vancouver um, Whitecaps. Whitecaps, yeah. uh, and the Seattle Seattle Sounders because of Jimmy Gabriel's involvement with them. So we've always had a presence there. Yeah. We had, a, I think, the NASL was formed as a pension scheme for Everton old boys because there seemed to be one of them in every team yeah. at, at that time. Yeah. Gary Jones was over there, and it was just the. I mean, our local team. We lived in Los Angeles for a time, and our local team was. Had uh, George Best in it and, and Johan Cruyff and whatever. Not but, bad. But yeah. we wouldn't go and watch them. We could, we would go when Terry Darricott showed. Like <laughs> yeah, never mind, Pele. <laughs> <laughs> and because um, that that's more important to you. Um, so we've always been there. Yeah. Uh, we've always had that influence on the growing of the game. 
and um, and our next phase has been we've attracted the real stars of American football Absolutely. to Everton to Goodison Park yeah. in London who is the superstar of American football. Almost remains the number one, he doesn't he? Yeah. He is. He's yeah. talking about making a comeback as well, yeah. which may be advised. And then we've got Tim, yeah. who is, nowadays, if you talk about name American soccer star, it's always Tim. Yeah. Because, you know, the goalkeeper in American is, uh, soccer is maybe in the most uh, recognisable position. And then we've got the others. We've got Preki. Preki, we may not think as much of him, but he played 50-odd times for America, and he was dominant in American indoor soccer. Joe Maxmore, 100-odd games he played. Uh, McBride, I don't know how many games, similar number of games, I would imagine. Wonderful centre-forward. Washika, um, Bob the Pole, should I call him? The the same. I mean, these are the 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 real names. I mean, Mo Johnson, God God help us. Um, (laughs) uh, Adrian Heath until recently, and she was over there. We're 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 all we're we're there. Um, Paul Rideout, as we said um, earlier. Paul Rideout, just uh, a neighbour of mine, just down the road, and of course Jimmy Gabriel's still there. He's still the the figurehead of, of the Seattle Sounders. So we've we've always been there. We're there now. And what when I spoke to David Kurtz and, and, and colleague when they were here is we're having a get together. I mean, one of the things that my wife and I like to do is bring people together. It it helps build bridges. It's helped. We all enjoy getting together, don't we? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just like this now. We Absolutely. Forget the microphones here. You just enjoy chatting about Everton. Yeah. It's the passion of being Evertonians. You have the enthusiasm of being Evertonians. Well, you can imagine what it's like for us when we meet. Young Everton, young Americans, and we just brainwash them. Yeah, precisely. Know, we brainwash yeah. them, and um, and what we are planning on doing, or what they plan on doing, is having Everton weekend in Las Vegas, and we're talking about having that as an 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 America Everton or Everton America Hall of Fame to to recognise the the Evertonians who've impacted on American soccer, but either. Americans themselves are expatriates who've come yeah. over and yeah. impacted on the game. And we're talking about uh, having a get-together like that. Now, that could be special. I, I've chatted with people at the club about it to see if, if they would embrace the concept. Yeah. Because I think it's another tool to help improve our visibility yeah. over there. What we missed out on, we should have been touring America for the last 10 years. It should have been, instead of going to Barnsley, Morecambe and wherever. Austria. Wherever it is yeah. we go to, we should have got, we should have took our team there, and we should have took the Everton ladies team there because it, it, you know ladies soccer is big time. And in, in if you remember, in the not too distant past, we had a first class team. Yeah, the, you know, winning titles. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and they they should have been there. You know, at the end of the season, the beginning of the season, and we should have become America's club. Yeah. Now we've got competition. You've got a city. You've got the New York City team, and you've got others. Other, Crystal Palace are doing a lot of work. Everyone yeah. sees it as a market now, um, but you know, I think we've got uh, a pedigree there that we can still exploit. Do you see many Everton jerseys when you drive around? You know, if you go to pop into sports shops or the city centre. No, and no, but I don't no. see any Liverpool ones either. Well, we'll take that then. Yeah. Just United and Chelsea, if any. Uh, no, they, they were their own. The, the ones that you see most are like Kansas City, or you okay. see the Seattle Sounders, or you, they, they, they were their own. Now, I mean, uh, or they were like, like you see here, Barcelona ones. 
right. you see the kids with the Barcelona yeah. ones, or you see the ones with the Mexican teams, you know, um, Club America and, yeah. and uh, huge uh, yeah, Pachuca leagues. You know, they, yeah. they've got the, they've got their own. They bring their own with with them. So um, yeah, no, I. Uh, uh, I have some very good Evertonian friends, as you can imagine. I have my own little network. And as you know, the uh, Lyndon Lloyd, who runs Toffee Web, and Michael Kenrick, they're both based in America, one in yeah. San Francisco, one up in the Seattle way. Yeah. So we've got a great uh, American uh, group already. Indeed, Lyndon's another chap who introduced us to. Lovely guy, yeah. an absolutely lovely guy. But you do fear they've missed the boat somewhat in that we, there was 10 years there, was Tim Howard was Everton's number one big opportunity there. You, only have, to, like, yeah, you only have to look when we yeah. did go over there. Yeah. You know, they clearly were the supporters there based in, in the States who wanted to come 2013. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of, all right, they didn't sell out any of those um, uh, games on their own, but being in that international champions trophy, yeah. there was a considerable Everton presence at all games. Yeah, I think when Tim, uh, after his World Cup heroics, yeah. and when uh, President Obama named him <laughs> the Minister of Defence yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Good choice, I would imagine. Uh, he, um, we should have exploited that there and then. Yeah. We could have sent Tim and ten others yeah. just go around, yeah. you know, every every state, every every urban development, yeah. um, you know, um, exploiting the name of Everton, just posting them a name. If he did an interview in every major city, it was well, uh, on behalf of Everton. Yeah. You know, I remember going to Australia um, it, during Tim, Tim Cahill's days, and there was a big. Mural of Tim Cahill on the side of some building, and there was no mention of Everton. And that's when he was at the peak. Yeah. Even worse than that, I once went to Shanghai, and Lai Tia, I think, was there. And once again, there was no mention of, of his club affiliation. And this was at the time when he was with us. A catalogue of missed opportunities. <laughs> yes, <he's laughs> there. No, there was no mention of his mate either. Who <laughs> Wei Feng. He wasn't there either. So For good reason. It wasn't such a bad thing. Yeah, but no, I mean, putting that aside, obviously, there still is a market. It's more competitive than ever, and, and hopefully, um, with the, with through the help of people who who don't work for the club, more's the pity. Like yourself and, and Dave and Marshall, we will begin to get there. And there are a lot of extremely switched-on savvy people working at the club. Who, oh, I think you've got to remember the the people at the club have got the hands full. They really have got their hands full. We've got a lot of things going on at this time. This is it, yeah. and and you've got they've had to prioritise them, you know. And and, and you can't you can't criticise them for that. Uh, if they get the ground sorted, if you get the if you get a sponsor on the shirts in the summer, that people know who they are. Yeah, well, you know, Chang deals it, up in the summer, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's what I mean. If it, you've got an American name, a worldwide national name that, that is worthy of an Everton shirt, yeah. let me just put it that way. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Do you think the, the end of the Chang deal represents a massive opportunity for Everton? We've got Farhad in now, Sasha. You need to be with the greatest respect to Chang, who've been... A uh, consistent partner, if you like. A loyal partner. A loyal partner, a good brand, uh, a good company. I've, when I've met people who come over to Finch Farm, you know, they're not someone who's just you know put their money in and not interested. They really have been a loyal partner. But so I say with great respect, do Everton need to really get it right this time and get well, someone who's... Well, they need to get it right, or in the worst case, Chang have to pay sort of Chevrolet prices. Yeah. You know, you either get General Motors Chevrolet Ford on your shirt, 
or you get Chang to pay the price that yeah. Ford and whatever would pay. Yeah. The days when we did it for a few million pounds are long gone. Yeah. We, were, we hope to be a global team in a global yes. league, and yeah. we need a global partner to, yeah. to do that. You wonder if they would tie it. I mean, this is just off the top of my head, but obviously the chances of having a new stadium, we'll talk about that in a minute, seem greater than they have in a long time. Anyone who's going to get in sponsoring Everton in, the, in this forthcoming deal might well get first chat, first refusal at being involved in the naming rights for the well, stadium. Well, we can name or... Finch Farm first, and then we can talk about the stadium <laughs> afterwards, can't we? All of it. Spoken like a proper I businessman. Think, I think the stadium is naming of the stadium on the if it's on the waterfront. Yeah, that is just an incredible business opportunity for someone. Yeah, I mean it has got great potential, and I think that should be dealt with with tremendous finesse. Yeah. Get them bidding engaged one another and get the Yeah. Well it was just such um what we thought was a lost opportunity, um, Kingstock. I mean, I live on the other side of the water myself, I live in New Brighton, so I can look across every every day. I can I can see both Goodison and Anfield, which is very big on the skyline oh, now. Yeah, depressingly so with that main see, stand. Yeah. I can see um the Echo Arena, which has proven a great indoor arena for, for the yeah, um, the city, and of course, as the Echo, we sponsor them, of course. But the feeling that that could have been Everton's home there, and on part of the iconic um, um, cityscape, and we thought, well, that was a once in a lifetime opportunity which has been lost. So to now to hear again that there's an opportunity for that, I think it could be Mr. Mashiri's um, legacy. Um, players come and go, and we've talked about. Everton wanting to be part of that footballing elite, but something like a stadium would be there for generations to come. I know, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I don't think we should consider this waterfront stadium the same as the King's Dock. The mm -hmm. King's Dock was the anchor that linked into the, uh, the retail, the commercial heart of the city. Yeah. Right? Uh, what this new stadium, if we go to the one that's by, and let's be honest, next to the water treatment facilities, <laughs> right, along, sure. the, along the dock road. The Bramley Moor dock the is Bramley what we're Moor, talking the about. The Bramley yeah. Moor dock. It becomes the anchor uh, for the development of the space between the city centre and it. Uh, so it has like a, a kind of different profile, but the way in which the city is expanding and the investment that's going into that, it would be a primary site. The city is going to grow that way there's, there's no, yeah. it's going to grow north there's no doubt about it yeah. but let's forget about the King's Dock now we missed the chance it was a shame it was a great opportunity but let's put it behind us you know it's the same as we should have bought whoever from you know in the past we didn't but let's move on yeah. let's, let's, let's embrace what we've got now we've got a new um, investor in with ambition with savvy with resources let's, let's concentrate on the future do you you know, Joe Anderson has variously spoken about. Um, well, he's hinted at time time scales for the stadium, and uh, Joe, you know, is in a position to talk about that as as the uh, the mayor and someone who's been involved in talks. But forgive Everton fans if they have a degree of scepticism about time frames, because as we've just won't dwell on the negativity. But you know, we've seen various promises over the years. But do you get a sense that something? Is imminent and something could happen sooner rather than later, even relatively speaking. Well, I met with Joe yesterday, and well, there you go. <laughs> I, met, I met with Joe because he's uh, a lovely man, and I can't vote for him, but I, blue. Would, yeah. but, but I would do if I could. Um, and when I think about it in Texas, no doubt I can vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the way in which we do things. Um, 
Joel was, uh, gave me the honour of being a citizen of honour of this, of this wonderful city, and that's, a, uh, that's something that I hold very dearly to me. And uh, at the time, he said to me that the, you know, the, the honour, I'm not sure this is true, and I don't think it is, but there are three things that come with this. There's that, uh, one, I can park on double, double yellow lines anywhere in the city. Well, I know for a fact that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> the second one is that I can herd my goats in, through the Mersey Tunnel. Now, I've not tried that because I'm not sure which direction you're supposed to do it in, but since you're in the Birkenhead side, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe it should go out there. And the third one is, is I can get buried in the cathedral. Well, I'm not sure that's true either. So he, <laughs> we, can I, wait, I, we can wait a good while yeah, to find we that can one wait, wait for that one. Yeah. But what I've said to him, I'm prepared to, to trade the third one in exchange for wishes. Right. Very well. And I only want two wishes. One wish, and I've said to him, every time I see him, I ask him the same thing. So the first thing I always say to him, when are you going to name a street after me, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> he always looks at me in total embarrassment. And the second one is, is I've, I've had this idea, and I, you know, I did the Everton Foundation, did the Everton Collection, the, you know, the, sorry, the Everton Former Place Foundation, Everton Collection, and all the other things that we've yeah. done, the, you know, the memorials, the, the war memorials yeah. and everything that, that we've done, and the Hall of Fame, and all the books. And I said to him, the thing that we need is a register of copites. I said that this city needs a register of copites. And he personally, as the mayor of this city, should organise this. Because let's be honest, you wouldn't want to live next to it, would you? <laughs> they, sh they should really have to declare themselves when they move after moving in. But yeah. And the second thing is that he needs to make a decision about where we're going to our new home. Indeed. Uh, now, Joe is uh, fully focused, committed to the Bramley Dock one. And, and, and I'm not sure that his schedule is the same as everybody else's schedule, but he's putting everything you know he can, given what um, resources etc. he has available to him, to make that happen. I think it would be part of his legacy to make that yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, the club, of course, has got lots of considerations. You know, there's a premium for being in that site. Uh, there are other other alternatives, and I think you, you, you've, you've, there has to be a ration of resources at some point. Do you put the money into? Uh, do you put the extra money into the team? Do you put the extra money into other things and whatever? Even though you've got a billionaire investor, you still only got a certain amount of money. Yeah. So I think we'll have to wait and see. But I, I know for sure that everyone is very serious about uh, the, the waterfront facility. Yeah, wonderful. Um, just moving slightly on, you mentioned when we were talking about that as well, and I wanted to just, just touch on it, the Everton Collection. You can't just touch on it, really. You could record, record a whole series of podcasts yeah. that we'd have us here till, till Christmas, and rightly so. But it remains an, a wonderful uh, piece of body of work, thanks to yourself, a wonderful piece of legacy that we have for this club. Unique, really. I don't know yeah. of any other clubs that have... Um, thank you know, thanks to yourself again. Such a thing. Where is it at at the moment? Where it's in the records office, and it's uh, it's been it, it has been preserved. Uh, there were conditions to the sale. I think you, you know this. That one, it had to go on to the. It had to be available to the worldwide audience. Yeah. And it had to be on a, a you know, a first class um, website. Yeah, which it is. Uh, which it is, and and the secondly, it had to be physically. Uh, available to uh, the people of Merseyside, yeah. all the people of Merseyside, yeah. blue and red. 
because after all it is Liverpool's history as of well. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it did initially for six months. It was in the Picton Gallery, Picton Library. Yeah. Um, it's now uh, in the vault at the records office, waiting for a new home. Now, so some of the considerations are: what do you do? Do you, do you buy the Wilmslow and use that temporarily? Should should we have done that? Well, it sounds like a good idea, but it really the the collection is too big for the Wilmslow. This it's, is it. It's, it's not. A world, it's yeah. a world class, and, and, and you know, it sounds a convenient a convenient thing to do. Uh, or do you break it? Do you break it up and put some of it in the National Football Museum? Do you put it in the Merseyside Museum? It'd be a shame museum. to break it up, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, do you be patient? And when you when you build this new facility, if we go to a new yeah. facility, or we expand Goodison, you could imagine that it's a museum with a football ground at the back of it. You well, know, we've got a church with a football ground at the back of yeah. it now. You can imagine having a you know a world class museum. Yeah. The the uh, see the, the Everton world. Let's call it yeah. Everton world. You yeah. know, the history of football through the eyes of Everton. Well, and it's there's so many firsts which will draw yeah. people in from all over just to come and yeah. see it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, sorry, Chris, the chaps, that, if you remember, the Keogh often spoke about mm. uh, before Farhad came on the scene, ways of trying to get an neighbouring retail and trying to attract money to build a stadium was a football quarter, which yeah. was one of, the, one of the really better ideas, I thought, and part of that would be a museum. Mm -hmm. And we have the wonderful Museum of City of Liverpool on, on the waterfront, which is a great addition. But if you've been to the new camp, been lucky enough to be there and see the Barcelona Museum, Everton's history, oh, not in terms of winning trophies, obviously, but in terms of the world game, is up there with Barcelona. Oh, it's better. So, it's, oh, better. better. it's better. So we, should, we, we, remember, we went in 1924 to teach them how to play the game. And we've got the medals from that. You know, we've got the documentation from that. And we precede that by 40 years, 40-odd years. <laughs> so 46, 46 years. So put that into perspective. Yeah. We go from, you know, I, I was telling somebody the other day, someone was asking me about spending money that I spent on it and uh, why I would spend like I did because you only get the chance to buy it one time so I bought our season tickets from the first days in Stanley Park through Stanley Park through Priory Road through Anfield up to Goodison I bought all of those and paid a significant amount of money for it and my wife obviously question the, my sanity As my, one would my judgment yeah. you would do on that but why wouldn't you do it how can you let that go by that's a part of us that's a part of you and your you know the, the O'Keefe family yeah. and you and the Beasley family it's a part of who we are for yeah. future generations now I'll tell you something Barcelona doesn't have anything like that they may have shiny trophies, but they don't have the information. Yeah. They, they don't have things that stimulate intellectual curiosity yeah. about how the game was first. Who ordered the first set of goal, uh, goal nets? Yeah. Uh, who, who ordered those? We did. You know, it's all documented. You know, the, the, who created Everton Fo Liverpool Football Club? We did, essentially, by falling out with holding. It's all documented there. Barcelona don't have anything like that. Sure, they've got all these nice trophies and, they, yeah, and it's wonderfully present, presented. Absolutely magnificent presentation of it. Uh, but fine. But the history is, is nothing compared to ours. Yeah, getting the Everton collection uh, properly displayed and some sort of museum in a new stadium could 
help Everton's, Evertonians psychologically to make that move to, to the new stadium? Because as we've mentioned earlier, it will be a wrench. Every I think most people want them to make that stadium move, and they know it, it's going to be have to be made possible. Certainly, if what everyone's always been told, Goodison can't be expanded or renovated. So to actually make that switch to a new stadium, it will help make the move, um, having it properly displayed and all that, bringing the history with them to the new site. Yeah. I think one of the secrets of, of Everton and what we we need to... Do you remember when I did the Hall of Fame? Mm -hmm. oh, I first met you at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You were just a young boy yeah. with a very attractive girlfriend at the time. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that. <laughs> a string of many. Many, a string of many. Um, and you were overwhelmed by it, if I remember. Is, is that true? Uh, yeah, I was very overwhelmed. It was, um, it, it was um, amazing just to, to see the connection there between the, the elder supporters of all generations and, and those players. And the fans and the, fans and the players. Yeah. And, and, and what did we do that day? We celebrated. We didn't have a trophy in sight. It was, what, maybe it was 17, 18 years ago. But yeah. we didn't have a trophy in sight. No. We were, we were actually, you know, battling relegation at that time. Mm -hmm. And we had Johnson in charge. We had no money. The ground was in disrepair. But what did we do? We celebrated who we were. And there's nothing. And we've got a lot to celebrate. Yeah. We really have. We've got a lot to be proud of. And we've got a lot to celebrate. That's what we should have at this new stadium. It should be a place where you go to, not just to wax lyrical about your history, but to celebrate who, yeah. who Everton is, yeah. uh, who we are, who you are. You know, this conversation can be put there in the vault and just play it now and then to people. But it should be that. It should be to stimulate ourselves and, and the next generation. Yeah, it definitely. If you forgive, I know it's a bit of a cloying cliche, but it, it's true nonetheless. It's the people, the Evertonians, if you like. As much as Goodison, I can't countenance when I really think and try and imagine what it would be like not to go there ever again. Mm. It makes me feel, ugh, I don't even like saying that, but ultimately we'll do it, be able to do it because we'll go as Evertonians together, won't we? Yeah. And we'll have the legacy of our families with us in spirit and future Evertonians who will know nothing other than this wonderful stadium well, on the water. You've, you've moved houses in your lifetime. Exactly, you? yeah. You, you know, you go yeah. past the old place and you say, oh yeah, I remember when, you know, when I used to live there, but you, you think now is it's your new home. Yeah. You soon move on. Yeah. You know, uh, I, uh, I look, I, I mean, I, I've never been a big, I don't care where we play. You know, my, my goal was always to have something in the city centre. You know, 20 odd years ago, yeah. my plan, which I proposed to anyone who would listen, was to buy one of those wonderful buildings that are now student accommodation or bars or whatever. That doesn't buy, narrow the list that much. Buy one of those, <laughs> like, like Lewis's building. Yeah. Buy the Lewis's building, right? And convert it into the Everton Centre. Well, essentially, the, and put all the staff there, the, the yeah. PR stuff, yeah. out, you know, the museum, yeah. everything down yeah. there and put lights on the outside that says this is Everton yeah. you know so that you know once every well every other week you upset all the tourists who come in <laughs> this is Everton you can imagine it shining and yeah. shining yeah. on you this is opposite the Adelphi and then you could expand into the Adelphi you know you, you've got the image of this so we could reclaim the city for, for ourselves I think that would be a fantastic thing to do now what we've essentially done though we've done that at Finch Farm the, the staff have now moved out to Finch yeah, Farm. Yeah. We've, we've developing Finch Farm as a as a, a better resource. Yeah. And whatever. So we've got modern facilities. They're just less accessible for the regular fans. I just think that we, you know, that having an Everton Centre in the centre of the city uh, would be something special. But it doesn't mean to say we still can't do it. 
I'm sure a lot of blues listening will be banging the table saying... You can't link, if you put a new ground down on the waterfront, that you can have a link also. You don't have to have your museum next to your ground. You don't have to have your Everton Centre next to your ground, you know. Um, No, absolutely. But one tradition, thankfully, which is on its way back, and we just touched on it then, is is the Hall of Fame. Yes, it is. The the dinners. Tell Tell us about that. Long, uh, long overdue, I might say, presumptuously, but well, what nights they were and, and they're coming back. Well, you know, there are people who went to all 11. Did you go to all 11? Not all 11, I went there to you a go. few. You look, you'd look too, too young to have yeah. gone to all 11. <laughs> he had a string of attractive girlfriends. <laughs> to take I have to say, I didn't go to all 11. It's not, it's not my cup of tea, but I have wonderful memories of them. And, and uh, they went on for 11 years, you know, the same number of years as the Nuremberg rallies. <laughs> Nuremberg rallies. Uh, they were wonderful occasions. Um, we stopped them uh, seven years ago um, only because I was ill and, and, and really didn't have the time to yeah. I always took pride in them being done properly yeah. that we put a lot of effort into it yeah. because it was a great way to bring 750 Evertonians together yeah. nowadays you know in, in the days gone by I used to I mean, I used to come over from America to organise these things and try and get out of town as quickly as possible because it was like cup final tickets, you know. Nowadays, the tickets for the Hall of Fame will be sold on StubHub or somewhere like that, you know, because there's a sec- there was always a secondary market yeah. for them. Yeah. And we always gave priority to the people who'd been the year before. Yeah. So that we it's had, fair loyal, enough, we had loyal yeah. customers. So yeah. there are people out there who went to all eleven of them. We decided to uh, raise funds again for the Everton Former Players Foundation. So that's what we're doing. It's on the tenth of March at the Hilton Hotel. We're going small, th- only three hundred. It'll still be o- only three hundred. It'll only be three hundred. I, th- I think there's maybe about five tables left. Uh, look out, on, you know, on the internet for adverts for it. They, 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 um, as I talk now, they may have gone, but I would look for them. Um, we're, we're inducting four. We had a ballot uh, earlier or last month. We had a ballot on the internet on TopiWeb and MSNO. Uh, we had about, I think it was something like seven thousand people voted. A great turnout of votes. The um, in order of the people who were uh, elected, were Pat Vandenhow, he, he walked in, Kevin Campbell walked in, and then we had uh, the close one then was Nigel Martin and uh, John Bailey. And when I told John that he was in, he was in tears. He was absolutely thrilled and, uh, and I, it made it all worthwhile. And then, I don't need to go into the guys who didn't make it, uh, but it was very close. It was very, very close. And Watch be, out next year. Other, yeah, there'll be yeah. The other ones next year. And there'll be other candidates next year yeah. as well. Uh, that we, we didn't go for the Tim Cahills or the Tim Howards and whatever. Yeah. In the, it, because, essentially, we want people to show up. And, uh, and so far we went with all English players this year. Although there may be a few surprises. There may be a surprise on the night. There may be one surprise on the night. If the surprise, I'm not going to give the game away, but if the surprise that I think he's talking about, believe me, if, if tickets come on sale, you want to get there. Yeah. Especially yeah. blues of a, a certain vintage. But I'll, yeah. say, I'll say no more. So no we're more. doing that, and um, I'm sure it'll be a success. And I've agreed to do it for three years. And uh, so next year, it's likely we'll go back to 700. And then the year after, we're taking the Echo Arena. Have you worn the Hilton? 
Are they, of are they, they have. pre-worn? What well, else expect? Personally, I've not had interactions with them. <laughs> but I'm going there this evening, so maybe I'll get a warm welcome there. Um, I think that they know. I went to an event there at the Howard Kendall Memorial dinner yeah. there, and it was very well done. Yeah. I thought it was very well done, and I was encouraged by that. Um, they're the same people that go I mean, Everton, we never had trouble. They've always been well behaved at the Hall of Fame. It's just that they're noisy. Yeah, and uh, because no, they're not noisy. They're enthusiastic. Yeah, and that's what that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Uh, but when we do it in the Echo Arena, that's going to be special. Yeah. As soon as you've booked it for the next three years, wouldn't it be lovely if we had that whole coming together and that we could remember those great stars of yesterday? Yeah, and also celebrate a trophy oh, at the same it? time. You know, one of my disappointments this coming over this. I've been over for um, two weeks or so on this the Everton Crazy Book Tour. And which went really, really well. Uh, but the um, my wife joined me for a short period, um, and she went to the match, right, the Crystal Palace game, and then she went home. Cause she was you can't really blame her, can you? Her, her, <laughs> predi- her predictions that were that when we came over here, because she's a, you know an Evertonian, uh, her her predictions were that by the time she went home, we'd be top of the league. And we'd still be in the League Cup because, you know, we, we fancied winning the League Cup. That's the trophy we can win. Any trophy is good. Oh, yeah. Seriously, any yeah. bit of silver will, yeah. gives us, will give us a sense of accomplishment and a sense of celebration. So she went home very disappointed because we got knocked out of the League Cup in a dismal sort of way. Oh, I'll say. Yeah. You know, we threw it away and uh, our, we stumbled in the, in the League. Yeah, and I'm being nice in saying that, yeah. that the optimism that we had um, isn't quite there. It's been tempered, but, to say but the least. It will, I'm sure it will bounce back. It only takes a good result, you know, the next game, and we get, we can move on. Uh, so we, we we still need to be optimistic. But she had predicted; she'd worked out on the BBC predictor that we would be top of the table, and she had it already. You know, she was going to take credit for it, <laughs> and it didn't quite work out. So she's no. back in Arizona now. Yeah, no, I can't say I to blame her. David, it's been an absolute pleasure and our privilege to, to have you with us for this uh, podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed discussing. Um, it'll be the won't be the last time we'll we'll sit around and talk about Everton. Could do it till the cows come home. Thanks very much, Chris. And um, well, we'll keep in touch ahead of January. We'll uh, we'll make sure we have some interesting interviews ahead of the uh, the, the Vegas trip, <laughs> getting bombarded full of blues, and then of course ahead of the next Hall of Fame. Thanks again. Thanks very much. Was it okay? Wonderful. Yeah. All right.